0: The Easter Gospel comes to us from St. Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning with the first verse. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee when he said to you, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. They did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the Easter Gospel. Please be seated. I'd like to pause and uh, thank all of our volunteers today, uh, this weekend, our ushers, our greeters, uh, all of our volunteer musicians and vocalists, everyone uh, who has made this Easter weekend possible and this Holy Week possible. So I would like to give thanks to God for everyone who's volunteered this week at Alleluia. Holter Lake sits about 45 minutes north of Helena, Montana. And Holter Lake sits above a dam called the Holter Dam. And um, it's really a reservoir on the Missouri River. But it's now a lake because obviously the dam has has, has expanded the waters and the depth. And you see on the bottom right image uh, Holter Lake. It's about a Hour plus drive uh, back in the day when I was a little kid living in Great Falls, Montana from Great Falls. It was a very popular fishing site for many, uh, not just who were in the area, but who uh, would make the trek, get up before dawn and uh, make the trek. The rainbow trout in Holter Lake are legendary, and I mean legendary. How many fishermen and women do we have here? How many anglers? How many? You want? Yeah? All right. Well, my dad was one of those guys. He would uh, maybe just a couple, three times a year during the fishing season get up with his buddies uh, and make his way to Holter Lake because the fishing was extraordinary. If, you've ever, if you're ever in the area, I'd highly recommend it uh, for you fishermen and women out there. My brothers had gone. My dad had been with his buddies. I had heard it was a really awesome experience. My two older brothers, uh, three years apart, were all three years apart. So I was waiting patiently for my turn. I was probably first grade, first grade. My dad promised he was going to take me with the guys, with the men. It was my turn. It was my turn. I was going to go. Not my brothers, me. My dad was going to take me with his buddies, and we were going to go fishing. We were going to get up before sunrise. We were going to do the whole thing, the hour plus drive, all the, you know, I was going to be a big boy now. I woke up. I thought, that's strange. The sun's up. Made my way down the hallway to the kitchen. Where, where's dad? Where's dad? Oh, honey, he, he's not here. He, he went fishing. What? He promised me. He promised me this was my chance. This was my chance. He promised me. And I cried. I said, I cried. Thank you. I wasn't feeling the love there. I mean, come on, people. I cried like I've never cried before because this was the time, the first time I realized a dad, a parent, can break a promise. I wasn't with him. I don't know if he thought last minute, you know, it's just not, maybe not the best day, or maybe there was an extra guy who he didn't know was coming, or, or maybe he just thought it would be a nuisance to bring me along this time, and I wasn't ready. Whatever the reason, my dad broke his promise to me, and it broke my heart, Broken promises happen all the time, don't they? Can I get an amen to that? Pastors stand here on the altar. The, bro- the groom is here, the bride is here, and they hold hands and they look at one another and they vow to love one another through good and bad through the rest of their lives. Well, the recent statistics in our country suggest that 40% or more of those marriages uh, end in divorce. It's even a worse percentage for remarriage. Parents stand here at the baptismal font and they stand there with their godparents, and the pastor says, Do you promise to fulfill these obligations that you will bring your children to the services of God's house and you'll, you'll provide for their instruction in the Christian faith and you'll teach them the Lord's Prayer and the Creed and the Ten Commandments? And they, they stand here and they say, Yes, we will. Fast forward the tape to the youth or child's faith in jeopardy because the promises of the, in the waters of baptism by the, have been broken. By the parents and godparents. Beyond the faith realm, we live in broken promise world. We have contracts we have to write up and they have to be legally, uh, carefully reviewed and they have to be signed and there has to be a witness and sometimes we need a notary to sign things and and sometimes those get torn up. Sometimes those get broken. You've been at your workplace and someone's broken a promise to you. You have a friend and they broke a promise to you. You have a loved one and they broke a promise to you. And you wonder what kind of world are we living in where my promises left and right. I'm walking into broken promises. I'm stepping on the glass Every day. And it hurts. If you've been the recipient of a broken promise in your life, just say, say softly out loud, amen. Go ahead. But here's the hope of Easter. And lean in for this one. God always keeps his promises. God always keeps keeps his promises. In a world of broken promises, in a world of broken promises, the scriptures tell us from Genesis to Revelation that God always keeps his promises. Say that with me. God always keeps his promises. One more time. God always keeps his promises. He made a promise to Abraham 4,000 years ago. He said, Abraham, I'm going to begin a nation through you. I want you to come outside with me at night, Abraham. I want you to look up at the stars. I want you to try to count them if you even can. That's how many descendants you are going to have, Abraham, one day. And Abraham says, are you kidding me? He laughs at God. He goes, God, I'm, all, I'm way old. My wife is barren. There's no chance we're going to have a child. It's impossible. And God says, oh, nothing's impossible with me, Abraham. Watch me go to work. God always keeps his promises. They had a son, Isaac, and a nation with 12 tribes was born born in Israel, and God said to Abraham, I keep my promises. God made a promise through the prophets of old, the Old Testament prophets who proclaimed that God would send a Messiah to this nation Israel, but not just to Israel. He would be a Messiah for all nations, a blessing for all people. His kingdom would have no end. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He, he, the, the prophets talked about where he'd be born in Bethlehem, in the city of David, the lineage from which he would come from, the way he would live his life, the things he would say, the death he would die. How many of you have had books written by people who didn't know you 600 years before you were born? How many, raise your hand if you've had a book written about you, about your birthplace, your life, your, the manner of your death, the things you'd say and do. No one? Oh, okay. But Jesus did. Turn to someone and go, Jesus did. And God made a promise through the prophets, and on Christmas, a Savior was born. God always keeps his promises. Say it with me. God always keeps his promises. And then God made a promise through his son, Jesus, who walked the earth with his disciples. He spoke the very words of God. Jesus was God's son. Jesus was God in flesh, the promised Messiah from the prophets that began centuries back in the promise to Abraham. And Jesus walked the earth and one night he was visiting with someone and he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. And he asked the one he was visiting with, do you believe this? It was a promise. It was a promise. God so loved the world, Jesus said, he sent me. And if you believe in me as your Lord and Savior, you'll have eternal life. That's a promise from Jesus, from the Heavenly Father. And then God made a promise through the cross of Good Friday. On Good Friday, we gathered here in the darkness to hear the seven last words from the cross of Jesus before his death. He stretched out his arms and he paid the price for your sins and mine. He took the weight of our sin, the weight of our burdens, the weight of our death. He stretched out his arms on that cross. And God said, I'm going to make a promise through this cross that I love the world so much that I would sacrifice my son, who was righteous, who did not deserve to die, to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. God made a promise through the cross and we discover this morning that God always keeps his promises because the story of Jesus doesn't end on that Good Friday cross. It continues through the empty tomb this morning. Look what the messengers in white said to the women who went to that, first, uh, went to that Easter tomb on that first Easter morning. But the men said to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Look at that next line. Remember how he told you? Say that with me. Remember how he told you? Remember? While he was still with you in Galilee, he said this, the Son of Man, speaking of himself, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Why? To pay the price for your sins and mine. He must be handed over to pay the price you could never pay. He must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And that's exactly what happened. The tomb was empty. Then the women remembered the words of Jesus God always keeps his promises. Say it with me God always keeps his promises. A promise rises today, a promise rises from the grave. The tomb is empty. And historians and theologians have been wrestling with what this means from that first Easter morning on. The rational explanation, after all the other options have been considered by Christians and atheists alike who've come to the same conclusion, the obvious, obvious reason is Jesus rose from the dead. I challenge you to do the research. If you're wondering, if you're searching for truth, if you've never really uh, taken that step of faith to know the Easter gospel, I challenge you to take the step of faith into the historical evidence of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the Romans had a problem that morning. The tomb was empty and they couldn't explain it either. A promise rises on Easter Sunday. A promise rises above our sin and our darkness, our death, our suffering, our challenges, our brokenness. A promise rises above all the broken promises of the world we live in and says there is life after death. For you see, the resurrection story, the resurrection gospel proclaims to our heart there is life beyond the grave. We know it. We hear it whispering. We're not always sure what it means. We're not always sure how to process it. We're not always sure what this Easter story means to us. But in the depths of our soul, the resurrection story of Jesus on Easter Sunday whispers and proclaims and for some shouts, there is life beyond the grave. Watch this story
1: Down screen, there it is. Just outside Greensboro, North Carolina, Go. the Bishop McGinnis boys basketball team is coming off what may be the most remarkable game in school history. I still can't believe like that even happened. I felt like
0: there was no one who could stop us. I will remember
1: this game for the rest of my life. The game was against their arch rivals, Mount Airy High School. But to fully appreciate what happened here, you first need to know how Coach Josh Thompson prepared them for this night. It all started a few days earlier with an old ball and a gold sharpie. Coach Thompson told each player to pick someone to dedicate the game to. Could be an uncle, grandpa. One kid picked his parents. They all enjoyed the exercise. But safe to say, no one took it more seriously than junior guard Spencer Wilson. He picked his friend, Josh Rominger. Josh's passion for life just really drew me towards him. Spencer and Josh were two great friends with one lousy thing in common. They both had cancer. The difference was Spencer beat his and Josh didn't. He died nine months ago. His joy illuminated the room and it was always apparent to me that he was special. Before the game, Spencer wrote a letter to Josh's mom explaining what they were doing and why he would be playing for Josh. Just wanted to let you know the impact your son has on my life to this day. I will never forget him. Play for Josh. I read it and cried. Josh's mom, Dina Rominger. They just had that bond. Nobody else knew how Josh felt except for Spencer. Spencer says he still thinks about Josh every day. That's why this opportunity meant so much to him. During the timeouts when we touched the ball, you know, I, I found where I wrote Josh and I looked for that and uh... Put your hand on it? Put my hand on it every single time. thought of him? Yes. So, meant a whole lot to me. Which brings us to the end of that game. With two seconds left on the clock, Bishop down by a point, and their rivals at the free throw line, Bishop needed a miracle. And some say, that's exactly what they got. Rebound comes down to Gardner, reads it ahead to Wilson. He's going to ride it up from two 4 to court. That's got a shot. It's good! Goal! Spencer Wilson
0: from 50 feet out wins the game for the Villains!
1: In the official record book, Spencer Wilson will get credit for that remarkable Hail Mary. But the boys here at Bishop believe Spencer's friend Josh deserves at least an assist. And no matter what you believe, you've got to score one for friendship. Steve Hartman, on the road near Greensboro.
0: Do you believe in miracles? I do. I do. And I believe the God who made a promise that he sent his son into the world to save it from sin and death. That son walked out of a grave on this morning 2,000 years ago. I believe it. Do you? Because if you do, you live daily in the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life. And you know what Easter tells me? My dad passed away this month in the year 2004. And you know what Easter tells me? My dad and I are going to go fishing again one day. You bet we are. And I'm gonna see that spark in his eye. That smirk in his grin. And we're gonna be in God's heaven. God always keeps his promises. Will you say that with me one more time? God always keeps his promises he is risen he is risen amen